So hello and welcome to a brand new venture for us uh, here at the In The Headlights YouTube channel. Tim and I have decided that we should probably do a podcast as it's going to be, well, it's it's National Podcast uh, it is, yeah. Day or something, isn't it? Is yeah. it National Podcast no, Day? Or? Uh, let's, let's go with that. Okay. So you may have already seen some of the videos that we've put up on our In The Headlights YouTube channel, uh, covering lots of cars and lifestyle products and stuff. Um, we're now going into the audio world, but of course you might be watching this on YouTube as well if you are. We're waving at the camera now. Hi. Tim's done his hair, especially for uh, today, so we're all yep. we're all looking good and we're all uh, sounding good. Yeah, apologies for any glinting off the top of my shiny <laughs> dome. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if you are listening, um, then you might hear some odd noises, and that is because today we are recording this at the BOTV office. That is the coffee machine. You might be able to hear that. Yeah. It's, yep. a, it's a live environment, basically. We're here, we're in the office, people are walking around, there's a toilet right there, so you might hear some very unusual sounds over the next... Uh, a bit of flushing now and again. five minutes or so, exactly. It might be a bit of flushing and people coming in, having their lunch, potentially, etc., etc. But we wanted to come down to uh, the BOTB office today because that is primarily where Tim and I do a lot of our work. As you might know, I work at BOTB and so does Tim. Mm -hmm. um, and we couldn't do this podcast without BOTB. It's basically because of them that we are doing this. So thank you very much. BOTB, if you don't know, are the um, competition car company. They're the guys that put the, air, um, the cars in the airports, so the people that give away a car every single week. It is my job to go and surprise that person with whatever they've won. Also um, known as the best job in the world. Which we're going to come on to in a second. Oh, yes. Uh, and of course, uh, BOTB have just launched their uh, brand new life lifestyle competition as well so not only now are they giving away a car every week they're also giving away a lifestyle price so it might be a motorbike might be cash might be a tech bundle watches are in there as well and there's a winner for that every single week as well so if you haven't checked out botb botb.com and thank you very much for allowing us to come into the office and film this yeah. slash record this depending on of course how you're watching now tim and i wanted to cover off one subject that both of us get asked a lot about which is how did you get your dream job? Yes. How do you do it? Why do you get there? How, yeah. All, oh, all the where's so and wherefores. Oh, I wish I was as lucky as you getting to go and surprise people with cars. It is an amazing job. I'm not going to lie. And, and what yeah. Tim and I get to do is fantastic. But so many of you um, send us questions on Instagram. I get, you know, people um, texting to the radio studio. I work at Virgin Radio. We'll cover that again in a minute. Um, just asking how we got into the roles that we do. And I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity as we're in the BOTB office as well to chat about our jobs and how we got to, you know, get this dream job where we can go out and drive all these different cars and not have to, you know, fork out £100,000 to own one. We just go and borrow one from whoever it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we get the enjoyment of going out and understanding how these cars work and et cetera, et cetera. But it is a job. So it's yep. amazing that we get to make a living and we're doing the whole inverted commas <laughs> yeah. thing because you know it, it's probably not the most lucrative job in the world going around driving all these cars but i think jeremy clarkson richard hammond and james may have they're doing all right they're doing all right aren't they yeah they've, they've got, got a couple of quid in the bank exactly yeah so we wanted to tell you how we got our jobs and any tips and tricks we could give you to potentially getting your dream job and your dream job might not be driving around expensive cars your dream job might be being an astronaut and i think there are some some things that you and I have done in our careers that have helped us just get to the level that we want to. Mm -hmm. um, so, should we start with you? You're, you're, you're with Mr. Me? Radio Man. Okay, uh, you know. so I basically have two jobs. Well, I have a few different jobs, but two main jobs. Um, I'm a radio presenter for Virgin Radio. I do a show at the weekend, 10 a.m. till uh, 1 p.m. Um, and it's. Nice plug. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, please listen. <laughs> we, we need the numbers. Um, and um, it's one of those jobs which I never thought I was going to get into. Um, and it was at university. I was studying a TV and film production degree at uni because my dad um, filmed a lot of cars. So 
my love of cars and love of radio has kind of come from my dad. And ever since going to university in my first year, I was really shy. Every time I went out, like on a night out, I could never, I could never talk to any girls or anything on a night out. I was just really shy. And it'd be always my mates that would pull and I'd go home on my own and then hear them doing all sorts oh, of yeah, awkward you know, things TMI. in the room next door. <laughs> um, and halfway through my university career, my dad said to me, you should give radio a go. I, I was a DJ when I was a kid and I really enjoyed it. Just give it a go. And I thought, it's not going to be for me. Like, I'm really shy. How the hell am I going to be able to, um, you know, speak or go into a studio and, and do a radio show? I thought this is never going to happen. But he pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And then one day I went into university um, and I went into the, the student union um, where the radio station was, a student radio station called Pure FM down in Portsmouth. And um, I knocked on the door and literally you do that thing where you, you knock and then you're like, no, no one's there and you run away. Um, whereas, <laughs> funnily enough, two seconds later, somebody opened the door with a you know, snake bite in their, in their hand. That's Strongbow and Foster's or any kind of lager and cider lager mixed and cider, into the yeah. same glass, which is yeah. the staple diet of any student, as you might know if you're a student. Um, and they welcomed me in with big open arms. And I went in and I learned all about radio. And then I was invited to be a guest on a radio show. And as soon as I sat down, the microphones went up. And I even get like giddy thinking about it today. It was an incredible experience. That even though we were broadcasting to probably one or two people, uh, one of which was my mum because she was listening always. <laughs> Long-time listener, never text, weirdly. Um, and as soon as the mics went up, I was like, oh, my God, I really want to do this. This is awesome. And I want to be sat where the presenter sat, like pushing all the buttons and fading all the faders and making this happen. Mm -hmm. So anyway, to cut a very long story short, I bounced my way up. But the way I did it was basically always being around but not being too familiar if you email companies or whatever wanting a job every single day i can guarantee you that whoever's in charge of that business will get bored of you very quickly even if you are the best thing that they've never had or they don't know they've had you'll get you'll get you know the cold shoulder very quickly but if you just you know every couple of months just let them know you're still there and take them out for a coffee or whatever it's amazing what a coffee and a conversation can achieve in life. A mm. lot of people these days hide behind email. Ask them for a coffee. Yeah. Just grab them and, and, and then impress them in real life. You're there. You need to potentially be in their office or whatever it is. Go and enjoy it. Go and see them. Go and buy them a coffee. Shake their hand. Be there as a real person. They'll just email them telling you how great they are. Go and show them. And that's mm. what I did a lot with radio. I, I emailed my demo and I said, look, I just even, this, even if what you hear isn't quite what you want at the moment, I'd just love to meet you for a coffee. Let's go and grab a coffee. It doesn't matter where you are in the whole of the UK. I'll come and meet you. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how far that, that took me. Um, and I think a lot of people say you're so lucky. I, I do feel very lucky in my radio career that I've got to where I am. But... I also feel like I kind of made my own luck. Like yeah. if you don't go out and you make the connections, as you know, and we'll come on to, to you yeah, in a second, exactly. Tim, that, that these things really do help you climb the ladder. So just go and ask people for a coffee. Go and get some feedback, even if it's not the feedback you wanted. Um, it's not the end of the world. I've been told many times in my radio career that I shouldn't be doing radio. Yet somehow <laughs> I'm still doing it. Yeah. But I mean, final last words potentially. But um, yeah, and I love it. And I get to, you know talk to the nation i know that sounds a bit cheesy but i get to talk to people and people allow me into their living rooms and into you know maybe even their bedroom if they're, they're listening to the radio in the morning or whatever but it's it feels very um feels very uh, amazing that, that people allow me to do that so i yeah. i love radio i love working at virgin radio because the music we get to play as tim's a, a, a long-time listener mm -hmm. It's funky music. It is fun. Well, yeah, I want to hear funky it's fun. music. It's fun. It is fun. It's, it's really fun. And it's fun and it's a bit cheesy. 
it can be a bit you know, cheesy, especially which is, if but, I'm on air. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, but I, I love I love cheesy music, and that's that that works for me. But it's kind of like rock and the stuff that I really wanted to play. I used to work mm. at Capital, and I got, if I'm honest, a little bit bored of at the time playing Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift, kind of over on repeat. Now I get to play stuff like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Queen, um, you know, David Bowie, all those artists that I grew up with listening to with my parents around listening to, mm. and I loved it. And now I get to play it. So yeah, you still play a bit of Bieber, don't you? Personally, in the car, maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely not on the radio. Yeah. Um, so in terms of my radio career, I kind of bounced my way up because I just invited people to go for a coffee, really, and I think a coffee goes a long way. It does. I mean, just to just to bounce off that point slightly, I hear it a lot of times. People talk about how they are, they're they see their boss in whenever wherever they're working, whether you're working in McDonald's or whether you're working in in the city, you know, in a in a finance place. People see their boss as this scary entity. Yeah. Up in the, it's not. It's a person, and they say, "Oh, I could never go and approach them." No, that, that's nonsense. Yeah. They're a person. They were in, unless they've suddenly just been gifted a CEO's job. <laughs> you know, they were a person. They're a person. They were at working from the bottom, just like you have done. They might be older than you, but they're they're a person. There's and no also, need to be afraid of them. Yeah, just no, go and talk to them. Completely right. And and you'd have to think as well that that boss, if they want to, you know, promote you, then. I they, have, they have they, to know they have you. To, they have to know you and they have yeah. to be able to know that you can communicate with them because if you can't, what's the point? Yeah. They're not going to promote you because they're just, just going to be like, oh, Joe Bloggs, he's, he's doing what he does and he does it yeah. fine, so we'll just let him get on with it. Average Joe, shlum on the floor, you're yeah. doing what you're doing. Communication is key and coffee is key. Very much so. Don't hide behind emails. Um, let's go on to BOTB because I've now been working here for, well, it's probably coming up for nearly three years, mm. but every day goes past very quickly. And that's how I know Tim through BOTB because Tim was working here before I did. Mm -hmm. But me getting my job of surprising people with their dream car or their dream lifestyle product was something I have to say, even going through university, I had no idea what I was going to do. And sometimes in life, you'll just go off on this little road and that road will actually turn into a main road and it, and it is something that is very important to you. And getting the job here was very important to me. I used to play BOTB a lot. I mean, like every week I was, I mean, if you play BOTB and you're listening to this, you'll know exactly what I mean. The frustration, the anger that you have each week when you're like, God, I was so close. Or, oh, this week I was rubbish. I've got to do better next week. And it's one of those things that I didn't know about the company until I started playing and I started playing it. I understood that it was real. You know, a lot of people look at BOTB and go, how can they give away a car every week? It must be yeah. fake, oh, blah, blah, blah. But once you understand a bit more about the company it, and, and understand that it's a real thing and they genuinely do give away a car every week and a lifestyle prize every week, it entices you to play. And, and when you do play, you do go on this roller coaster of emotion of, my God, am I going to win? Am I going to come close? Am I going to get some dream car credits back? Like, mm. what is that week going to hold? And you go on and you look at the picture and you pick out your spots on the spot the ball competition and you bloody hope that, you know, come Tuesday morning at the time, William, the, the boss of the, the, the business, was going to turn up at your doorstep with your brand new car. Yeah. And now it's me that does that. So I remember uh, playing BOTB and I remember, and now I really hope Will's not watching slash listening to this, but I remember <laughs> watching his videos and I thought, I wonder if he really wants to do this. He's the boss of the company. Surely he wants to be in the in the office, like making everything happen. Does he really want to spend all day on a Tuesday going out and surprising people? And weirdly enough, um, he did at the time. He absolutely did. He loved it. He yeah. absolutely loved it. If you ever get to meet um, William Highmarch, a fantastic guy. Um, and he loved it. He absolutely loved it as much as I do now. But what ended up happening was that I thought, well, I can't just go in and take his job. 
because he obviously enjoys what he does and I've kind of spoken to him and, and I've understood how BOTB works and operates and it's very good for him to go out and being the boss of the company surprise these people makes sense right mm. so it sounds, sounds normal but it was to do with size as well at the time wasn't it as well yeah, exactly as before the company grew so much yeah, yeah yeah so what happened was I thought well I really want to work for BOTB mainly because I just want to try and claw back some of the money that I've spent <laughs> on these tickets to win a car and I thought well I'm quite good with social media I'm quite good with Instagram and I've, I've played with Twitter before and, and tried to build businesses my parents own a farm shop on the Isle of Wight Farmer Jacks, get that in there. Great farm I've shop. been there. It's very nice. Uh, is, yeah, you have been there, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Did you buy some sausages? <laughs> Great sausages. Uh, I've got some bacon. Oh, uh, fantastic. Still another pork product. And um, <laughs> we uh, we wanted to kind of build up the following for, for Farmer Jacks. So I searched a bit about how to advertise on Facebook, how to advertise on Twitter, that kind of thing. So I tried to help them build their business. Mm. Um, and I thought, well, maybe I can go into BOTB and do the same. Maybe I can help with social, even if it's just one day a week. I quite like the company. I quite like the people that are there. So I emailed um, the marketing director. And I said, look, is there any chance I can just come in and have a chat with you? Um, I'd really love to, to work with you guys. I've got some really good ideas I think might help with BOTV. Um, anyway, I came in for a chat um, and I had a chat with Ben and um, I think Vicky might have been in the, in the room as well. And we, we just had a little chat about what I could potentially try and offer. And at the end of it, I think we both realized that at the time, Maybe I, I couldn't offer anything amazing, but it was very good to meet them. And as I said, going for a coffee is, is always something that is a good thing. Yeah, um, always try. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I kind of left it at that. But what was weird was that um, I think when I came in, I came in at the time, I had a, um, I spent all my money, all my well-hard-earned money <laughs> from Capital, and I, I financed up to my eyeballs on a Porsche Cayman. And it was my dream car at the time. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And I drove it to the meeting. And I think William or Ben might have seen me get out of the car or something. Anyway, a few weeks later, I get a phone call from Ben at BOTB saying, oh, that, um, that Porsche that you turned up in that meeting, is that yours? Because we've actually got a winner this week who's won a Porsche Cayman. Is there any chance we can borrow your car for the surprise? I thought, amazing. Yeah, of course you can. Like, this is cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I get you're excited see, about it. Yeah, I get to go and see how these surprises are done. And I'm kind of involved. Consequently, I realized that I hadn't won that week. The fact <laughs> that I didn't play for my own car. Mm. Uh, but nonetheless... Came in, uh, dropped the car off, um, William did his video with it, and uh, that was kind of that. And as I left, I just said, you know, William, if you, if you ever don't want to do this anymore, or you ever get too busy in the office, please do let me know. You know, I'm, I'm a presenter of a radio station, I quite like presenting, I would love to be able to work with you guys and present the dream car videos. And again, it was another connection, just keeping that connection thing going and going. And he said, okay, okay, that's, that's oh, you know, keep it, keep it in mind, keep it in mind. And then, weirdly enough, six months later, didn't really hear anything, just carried a you know day-to-day -day business of going to, to um, Capital at the time, doing my stuff there and, and, um, and working actually for a, a small app company uh, called Six Tribes, which weirdly enough has now turned into Drive Tribe, which you may know about, and we can probably cover that off in a, another podcast because I was involved in, I suppose, weirdly, the creation of Drive Tribe. Mm. And um, yeah, six months later, I was weirdly going through Gatwick Airport past the BOTB car, and as I'm walking past the car, I get a phone call on my phone from Ben, the marketing director. He said, all right, Christian, how's things? I went, yeah, yeah, Ben, where, where are you? He said, oh, I'm just in the office. Why? I said, well, I'm, I'm walking past your car in Gatwick. I'm literally <laughs> off to go skiing. Like, what's up? And he's like, that's weird. Well, I was actually phoning to, to ask you if you'd like to come and do a trial for doing the surprises. And, you know, 
that, that's kind of where it all began, really. And I came and did one surprise. And I remember it. It was a Maserati. Um, nice. It was a fantastic, fantastic day, actually, that I did. And I was so nervous. If I go back now and watch the video, like, if you watch it, Tim, mm. you, might, you might go, oh, yeah, ladies. You can see, can you? Yeah, you, <laughs> you can yeah, tell you're a bit. Were clammy. You're sweaty. And, and, yeah, exactly, you know. yeah. Um, Much and, like our first, when we did our first show together. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Any of the BOTB stuff that Tim and I do, usually the first time we do it is always like, oh, my God. Are we going to mm. mess this up? Blah, blah, blah. And this podcast is actually feeling like the same. I'm, I was slightly nervous. Oh, when, yeah. uh, when Patrick turned on the audio recording equipment in the background, and he was like, <laughs> go. But I was like, oh my God, this isn't a radio show where I can just quickly put a Queen song on. Yeah. This is where we actually have a proper conversation. Um, so, yeah. And then, then kind of from there, um, I suppose I've, I've just been always at BOTB's beck and call in a weird kind of way. I've always been there. And it's not really felt like a job even from day one. And they say, don't they, that... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, you know, uh, was it? You, you'll never work a day in your life if you enjoy what you do. Is that the phrase or something? So it, uh, along those lines, yeah. Yeah, if you love what you yeah. do, you'll never work a day in your life. Something like that, and it kind of feels true. You know, like as you do, we get to drive these amazing cars. We get to go and review amazing cars, and and I get the privilege of of going and knocking on someone's door on a Tuesday morning mm. or FaceTiming them and telling them. They've won a hundred thousand pound supercar and twenty thousand pounds in cash, and of hoping that they are excited. <laughs> Not well, the, yes, yeah. So and many that's people. That's another podcast. Um, it, that is, yeah. Topic, I think. Yeah. But uh, enough about me, because I feel like I've been chatting for ages about kind of how I got to where I are, uh, where I am now, <clears throat> and I suppose it is just about communication, and it is just about going and getting coffee with the right people, and just chatting and being passionate, being really passionate about what you want to do. Because with the radio stuff, I'll quickly mention this. Um, the first job I got in radio was up in Nottingham. And I travelled from the Isle of Wight to Nottingham every single weekend to do two overnight shows to then drive back again. Wow. And I slept on the studio floor. And um, it was only two months into me doing that job that my boss said, oh, I need to um, send you a, a proper contract. Like, your trial's over. We think you're great. We'd like to give you a proper contract. Mm. What address? So I gave him my address, which was on the Isle of Wight. And he said, no, no, no. What's your address? I said, this is my address. And he said, what, so you're telling me that you're coming up from the Isle of Wight every single weekend to do two, three-hour shows? And I went, <laughs> yeah, because I love it. And he went, all right, well, I need to give you a pay rise. <laughs> and I got a pay rise. Nice. But, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't gloat or boast <clears throat> that I was making that distance. I did it because mm. I really wanted to do it, and that's where the passion came out. Um, so, yeah, passion, coffee, and communication. There you go. They, those Tip. are Christian's three tips to three get, tips, getting ahead yeah. in the world. Passion, passion coffee, and communication. Yeah. Uh, so, Tim, a, a lot of people may have seen you in the videos, uh, and they might have even seen you kind of knocking around BOTB's website now and then, writing up a few bits and bobs. But yeah. a lot of people might not know how you've got to do what you do or even know what you do. Very much so, yeah. Uh, there so are... let, let's start. What do you do first? Okay, uh, there, are, there are two very distinct sides to my work life. One side is the BOTB side of things, and the other side is um, engineering, effectively. I so mm, right. I'll go with engineering first. Okay. Okay. Because I'll, I'll, I'll try and you can cover that I'll try and, quicker than the BOTB one. I'll, I'll try and precise it slightly. You know, <laughs> try and get it down into a short bit. Uh, for me, it has always been cars. My dad was always was a massive petrol head. Had some really interesting cars, all that sort of thing. And so for me, it's always been cars since I was a tiny kid always knew I wanted to do something with cars. I, as a kid, I wanted to be a car designer, like design how cars look, that side of things. Yeah. 
very, very quickly realized that I was rubbish at drawing cars. Did that, the designing an actual car is far more difficult. Than did you do that? Did you do that whole thing of like massively long bonnet? It basically like Postman Pat's van, but extended. That was always exactly. the car that I drew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I like to think I had a slight edge over some <laughs> because uh, you know I do have a design aspect to it, but it just it, that wasn't going to work. Okay. So I knew that I wanted to get into engineering. Basically, then that was that was the way forward. Thanks to be thanks to my dad for pushing me into it as well. Because I wanted to do car design, and he basically did say, "You're not good enough. You should do engineering. It'll give you more options." Okay. And he was very, was very, honest. he was very right about yeah. that. Very correct. It did hurt slightly at the time. Yeah, I bet. Well, <laughs> to a six-year-old boy, boy um, you know, someone you can't be a fireman. No, yeah. you're not strong enough. Oh, and Santa's <laughs> okay. not real. Oh, sorry. You can no cut that out. My yeah, daughter we'll might cut be that out. Anyway. Um, so yeah, basically I ended up going to university and I did uh, a degree in mechanical engineering, specialized in uh, computational fluid dynamics. And that means nothing to it, me. Uh, it's like aerodynamics, but with water. Okay. So there you go. that's one way of describing it. That's fine, but I, I get that. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and then I started working straight out of uni, straight into working for different automotive manufacturers as a an automotive design engineer. Uh, I've worked for most of the OEMs around the country, uh, manufacturers. So what kind of thing would you be designing? Literally like parts or parts. Yeah, anything and everything. Okay, and you, you know. do that on computer. Yep, that's designing so like it in three D CAD. CAD. Yeah. And CAD stands for computer uh, aided computer design. design. Yes, very good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, working on anything, anything and everything basically. Right. <clears throat> I worked. Yeah, I worked for most of the manufacturers. I, mean, I, I straight out of uni, I started contracting, which is a very unusual thing to do. Usually, con engineering contracts people are experienced people, and they get them in to do a job straight away. I basically blagged it from day one, and I went straight into contracting um, because there is I had, a lot of blagging. Actually, fake it till you make it is a great phrase. Exactly, I, I had in a, any industry. I had a, I did. I have a, had a real flair for the three D CAD design side of things. I took to it very, very easily. So I blagged the time. I basically blagged it into my first job that I had a lot more experience than I had. But then that I gave you a great stepping stone to then move exactly. your way up. Yeah, yeah. And it, it allowed me to move around from job to job as well, you know, yeah. doing six months contract here, 12 months there. Was there anything that um, that you think really helped you get onto that first stepping stone? Um, really making sure that you know what you're talking about. You can blag all you want. Passion you, again. Back passion. To passion. No, yeah. yeah. But you, you can blag all you want, but you've got to be able to back it up. Yeah. That's the important thing. Um, and so, yeah, and I, and I worked for all kinds of, there must diverse companies you can imagine for 10 odd years so from london taxis designing bits on the black cab i was gonna say what is there one product that you that you pick out and go i designed that heater knob or um, anything that you you could oh there's i think there's loads of bits there's if you look at the uh not the brand new shiny electric black cab that's just come out the standard the, classic the, the standard classic the gold silver or bronze isn't it? I yeah think the, they, the tx4 yeah the you know, TX, so I love it. it you is, know the model. But if you, if you look at yeah, the, the, um, the big bit of plastic that goes where you have the flip down seats, that, oh, yeah. that whole big plastic piece there, that was mine. The rhythm plate plinth was mine. Wow. Uh, worked on the uh, electric fold out, disabled ramp, things like that. So things like that. I'm on, I'm on the patent for that. Um, so that's, that's all interesting stuff. Cool. Like that. And then I did a good few years working on uh, tractors, designing right. tractors in Baslin. Okay. That's really well, good I grew up on a farm and we had quite a few tractors that broke down, so maybe that was your fault. Quite possibly. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was, you know, that, so engineering, all that kind of stuff. I then took, 
opportunity to leave gainful employment. Uh, you know, scary move. It is, yeah. Because at, at that point, I was working on. Um, I'd in the in the tractor plant. We had been doing designing for a while. I then moved into the IT department to do training people on CAD. And it was fun and it was interesting and I got to do a, a whole lot of travel. We, we were implementing systems around the I, mean, I worked in Turin, modern I worked in Modena for a long time. You cool. know, I mean it's amazing, amazing places. Um but then uh, me and at the time girlfriend had the opportunity to go to um India for a year. And she was setting up a big project out there. So And your stomach's never recovered. It, no, never has. <laughs> um and so basically then that was the opportunity then. I thought, right, I'm going to start my own design consultancy because I can do that from anywhere in the, in the world. And I did that. There's lots. Of, and then I, I designed um, charging units for um, the on-street charging units. Electric for cars. Though, electric yeah. cars, a company called Podpoint. How long were you in um, India for? Uh, just a year. Okay. Yeah, um, it was, that was enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, on that one. But yeah, it was, so that was all that. And then when I came back from there, I, I carried on doing all the work that I've done engineering wise and I still run my own design consultancy yeah now designing product doing product design all that kind of thing and I also do a company where I recreate classic car parts so, so that's basically if you've got an old classic car and something breaks on it which they do very daily, very very often very yeah. often yeah um, and you try and find that part of course if the cars are very rare old classic cars you're not going to really be able to find that part so what you'll do yeah. is you'll recreate that part as a 3D model or whatever, mm -hmm. and then people can use that in their classic. Yeah, Perfect. so it's mainly Americana, you know, right. 50s and 60s stuff. You can't get those parts anymore. Those cars were never designed to last a long time. Mm. Those cars were they were expected to last 10 years and be junked yeah. when they designed them, because that's what happened in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so loads of those parts don't exist anymore. So I take the, the old broken part and I measure it, model scan it, it yeah. remodel it in 3D CAD and then get it 3D printed. Okay. So it's a part that they can use straight away. Amazing. Yeah, So then it's good fun. That, how does that all tie into BOTB? How does that kind of, uh, well, yeah, well, tie into working for a, a dream car competition company? Well, that's what the amazing thing is. It doesn't in any way at all really work in, okay. in conjunction. So it's, it wasn't because of those things that you came across no, BOTB? No, not at all. I'd never, I hadn't really even come across the company. Okay. Um, Basically, my uh, one of my oldest friends started a company called Acura Twenty Five, which is Supercar Super Club. Yeah. yeah, Supercar Club. It's now okay. Auto Vivendi. He started though that company from scratch in two thousand. I think it was two thousand ten. No, earlier than that, two thousand eight. Seven. Who knows? Um, it was a it was year. A, it was a while ago. Yes, a while Some, ago. somewhere between then and now. Okay. Um, and so he basically started. The company, and he, every weekend he'd bring home different cars you know, when the company was starting up. And there were things like Aston Vantages, R8s, you know, the odd Ferrari, Lamborghini, Some things high, like that. Some high-end cars. Some high-end cars. Yeah. And because we've known each other for so long, basically I'll, he'd let me drive them. And I've been active on piston heads for a long, many, many, many years. Yes, if you are active on piston heads as well, you may have seen some of Tim's uh, <laughs> messages. He gets in trouble now and then. I d I d yeah, I didn't used to back then as much. Um, but yeah, so he'd, he'd bring these cars home. I'd drive them, take a few photos, and it would be a very short drive. And I would write them up and just post them in the piston heads forums. And it was it was just I'd do it so every, what, little, every little other bit weekend. Of background about the car, um, yeah, stuff bit of like background that. Background the car, how it was to drive. Yeah, take a few nice photos, just a written review sort of yeah. thing from a person who's never owned one kind of perspective. It was a very, 
you know, that's that's what I think of it. I'm not yeah. saying you should think the same thing kind of thing. Okay, so it was a personal um, review. Yeah, and basically they got really, really popular, positive reviews, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it got to a point and somebody from Pistonheads emailed me and said, look, we really like your reviews. The next time you want to do one and put it on the forum, send it to us and we'll put it on the front page. Amazing, cool. And for me, that was like a, that was a click. And I was like, oh my God. That, I could I, actually review cars. I was like, that, that's it. I could, that's, if, they, if, I, if they put that on there, I'm a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I, was, I was reaching at that point, but you know, that's, that, that was but again, being it's put going, on it's a, going back to passion. You had passion for doing it, so you yep. did it, and then obviously you started climbing the, the steps. So did they post, did Piss and Heads post one of your reviews on their They did, yeah. I ended up, I ended, ended up having about four or five, maybe six right. on there. Um, because in, in that time, then the guy from Ikiro 25 was doing something. I can't even remember what it was. They were doing something with Best of the Best. Okay. At the time, there was some connection with the two companies. Maybe they were doing advertising or something. Um, and Rupert mentioned to the guy from Mercury that they needed some stats doing. So Rupert is the finance uh, director. Of he BMTV. is. But yeah. Back then, he did a bit more. Okay. But this was very much. I've now been working for BATB for just shy of ten years. Wow. So it's quite a long time, really. Yeah. I think it was, I think nine years. It was two thousand and nine ish. I think. Okay. Uh, first time I made contact, and basically I was doing all the. I started out doing all the stats. They they were revamping the website at the time. So BATB got a new website and thought we need to put a lot more information about the cars that we're allowing yes. people to. Before buy it was very for. it was very basic sort of information they had on yeah. them, and they said they needed more stats and more and a, a, like a mini review of each car. That's where you came in perfectly. And so yeah, so a uh, guy suggested me. I got in contact with Rupert. And I started doing that. And basically, that has just grown. And then my role grew a bit more. And then the website grew. And we've now got, there's now nearly 200 cars on there. Yeah. It's and I so sort of, I curate them. <laughs> like a, you know, I, I, do all the, I do all the stats. I do all the reviews. Um, Perfect those... opportunity to thank BOTB again for letting us use exactly. their office. And if yes. you haven't checked them out, BOTB.com, you could be winning a car this week. I could be turning up to your house on a Tuesday, or a lifestyle product. Maybe you want to play for a Rolex watch. Exactly, yes. Go and win an Apple bundle. Oh, yeah, the Apple bundle. And you bundle. can be an Apple junkie like me. You with your new iPhone. Yes. Yes, fantastic. Anyway. So with yeah. all those cars that, that are now online, you write all the little mini reviews that people look at when they try and pick their tickets, and they're going, oh, I might play for yep. the new A35 AMG, which is a topic That's we a topic might later, to yeah. today. Um, um, and all the sourcing, all getting all the images, resizing, yeah. all that kind of side of things. Okay. And then there's the blog as yeah. well. I do all the blog articles uh, on the site. And, of course, I also now do the videos. I do video reviews that go on our... Uh, on the BOTB, BOTB channel and, channel, the, in the, and channel. the In The Headlights channel, yeah. which we are, of course, doing now as yes, such. We are. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where, I, with the BOTB side of things, it was just pure luck and happenstance that someone referred somebody, somebody, somebody. But it was, I believe, it's, it's, the, it's the passion for doing it and a good work ethic and doing the job properly yeah. that led to them giving me more and more and more things to do over the years. I think going, I know we've mentioned passion uh, 
countless times now, but it does play a huge part in getting you where you want to go. If you're in the office after the boss have left, like after the boss has left, if you're in the office before the boss has arrived, like they're going to see you're passionate. And yep. why wouldn't you want to do that? If you love what you do, surely you just want to do it all the time. Yeah. Like for, for me, work is not really work. It's just something that I really enjoy doing. And I suppose being paid to do it is a, a byproduct of getting to do something that we really enjoy. Hmm. And it annoys me when um, I talk to people and they're like, I hate what I do. Like, why do you, why do you hate it? Oh, because of this, this and this, how long have you done it for? Five years. Maybe try something else. Yeah. Like life's short enough as it is. If you don't enjoy doing it, yeah. try something else. Everyone has a skill and everyone is very good at something. Um, what that is for me, I'm still not 100% sure, <laughs> but it's something is there. Um, and, I, and it really upsets me that, that people get out of bed sometimes in the morning and don't want to go to work. Like, yeah. you have to love what you do. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it? Yeah. My dad always said those, to me... I hate those those memes you see with the, that everyone puts on Facebook saying, oh, it's Monday, Monday again. Monday morning, yeah. I understand, you know, we have a weekend off and that's nice yeah. to see your friends and stuff. And yeah, it can be a bit of a ball late going to work on a Monday morning. Mm. But if you really love what you do... Change it up. Exactly. And my dad always said, if you get out of bed in the morning and you don't want to go to work, just quit. Yeah, like if you really find, find, another, go, find another job first. Yeah, maybe find another <laughs> job. Yeah. I don't want to be uh, responsible for people's yeah. employment. Um, but he's right. Like, there was one day that I woke up and I didn't want to basically play Justin Bieber anymore. And mm. I knew that that was the time that I had to move. And that was it. And I just made the decision. And um, luckily, you know, Virgin was just restarting up as a radio station. And I, I managed, thank goodness, to get in there and, and kind of continue my radio career, which I absolutely love doing. Um, but yeah, like if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah, that was it. And for me, it was, it was, I mean, there was a, there was a point where it was moderately forced. Mm. My hand was forced slightly that I think everyone is in those positions yeah, at some point. You, in their you, life. You, you get to a, there's a, there's a crux, there's a point, there's a crossroads that you come to and you can, you can either continue on what you're doing, find the same thing, keep going, find another job doing the same thing. If that's what you, you're going to do. Yeah. And if that works for you, then it's fine. But if you're not happy, and at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't unhappy, but I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't enjoy going, you know, I wasn't thriving. You know, I wasn't like, yes, I really enjoy doing this at work. Yeah. It was, it was just day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And I it, it got the opportunity to change it up. And my boss at the time was amazing. We had the trip to India planned four months ahead, six months, actually, it was about six months ahead from when I was talking to him and he said I said to him I want to leave in six months time I'm going to be leaving um, and he said don't go no go go out my go out my office I'll forget you ever had this conversation <laughs> just 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 go he, he, went, he said you just trust me he said trust me just go I was like okay interesting yeah. right okay what's that about three weeks later I was getting a bit sort of twitchy at this point because I was like, I do need to actually put in my notice, blah, blah, blah. And I got called up to HR and they sat me down with the, the boss of HR and my boss. And I, I came in, I sat down. I was like, what the beep is going on here? Sit down. And he looks at me and winked. And I was like, uh, okay, this, just, this, this is either interesting or it just got weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not really sure what's going on. Uh, and basically, the, the HR boss said... Um, they're making me redundant. That they were downsizing the team, oh, right. and they were making me redundant. So, effectively, he managed to work it that I got a bit of a made out. redundancy. I got redundancy money, and I got uh, paid out. 
because he knew he had to downsize his team somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, who knows? For all I know, he was going to boot me out anyway. But at the time, he, so I, I owe a huge amount to to him. He was he was because yeah. we got on again. This goes back to what we were saying. He was my boss. I mean, he was a. But you treat him as a normal quite, person. And we yeah, and we just. I forced my personality on him for a while and we got on real well. We did loads of traveling yeah, to Italy cool. and things together and we just got on really well. And, well. and it really paid off in the end. Hopefully, you know, by you listening to this, um, and I don't mean you, Tim, I mean the people that are listening, <laughs> have got kind of something out of what we were chatting about. It does, mm. I think, come down to passion a lot though, doesn't it? Now even talking about it, I, I wouldn't have said the word passion right at the beginning, but no. talking about it more and more, it does seem like passion is is something that, really will drive you forward in your in your career to get your to get your dream job basically whatever yeah. it is you know nothing is surely out of reach or maybe you're an astronaut mm, no no well maybe yeah uh, some depends. things might be out of reach yeah i mean but passion and and you, you, i really can't put enough emphasis on actual hard work yeah it is not easy i mean i you know i'm running two businesses of my own i'm just starting a third uh, and I'm doing all the BOTB stuff. I mean, this is the thing people don't seem to realise as well. Filming cars and doing that sort of thing takes a lot of time. You know, well, people yeah, say, I, and it's not. It, yes, it's not. It's not boring taxing. It's not. I, I'm not in any way. I'm not a nurse. I'm not saving lives on the front line. But a lot of people see it as a real slacking around kind of job, and it really isn't. Well, I think some of the YouTubers you know, make it very much look like it is. They do, and, that's, and it's very. Good that they can do that. Yeah, but what there it is, is a lot what of hard it work behind the scenes. There is a lot behind. The work. That's. I mean, that is a subject for a whole different podcast. I think, isn't it? We can get some, some podcasting. We can get some YouTubers in. Stick them on a sofa and um, yeah, get them. Sure. Get them to chat. No, they're, they're, as you, you're completely right. A, a lot of people look at what I do and what what you do, and, and they think that looks so easy and fun. Mm. It's definitely fun, but it's definitely not easy. There's a lot that goes into uh, what we do and behind the yeah. scenes stuff that people don't see. And of course, now we're in the, the world of Instagram and everything like that. You only ever see the great stuff online. You yeah. only ever see the final finished polished product, which is not showing the hours and hours of sweaty <laughs> armpits. I don't know what I was going to say there. And um, everything that goes into um, you know, that, that final polished product. Like yeah. especially here at BOTB, you know, there's a whole team of people working upstairs to to make sure that that everything that you do when you play the game and uh, we surprise people is the perfect product. Yeah, and we're uh, like anything, we're we're all always um, changing. We're always uh, looking yeah. at the next big thing, and you know, I think what BOTB Hence is probably casting. Exactly, yeah, and I'm sure what BOTB have got planned in the next year is pretty big as well, but hmm. I don't know about you, I haven't been told yet. No. No, we're out of those meetings. No. <laughs> enough. Um, I mean, if anyone's got any questions or whatever, please do follow Tim um, and I on uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is you want mm -hmm. to, and just ask us any questions. We're more than happy to, to, to answer anything. Um, at this point, actually, I, I thought whether or not I wanted to, but I'm going to. Um, Patrick's Ooh. hiding behind these cameras um, here. I just wondered if, if you had any question or anything that you might have wondered after hearing us chat. Oh, what, about career? Yeah, it's just about career and progression okay, and things well, like that. This is something that comes from my perspective. Like, I didn't go to university. Did either of you go to university? Yeah, so I went to uni, but if I'm honest... Um, and, but yeah, what my, I guess my question for leading on from that is, do you think university is required in today's day and age? Ooh, that's a very good question. I don't think you need a degree to get a job at BTB. No, no, but weirdly enough, it all 
came around because of it. So, so university was, uh, I suppose, the catalyst in my career for kickstarting a lot of things. Would I have started doing radio? I very much doubt it. So mm. if I hadn't gone to university, would I still be very shy? Probably. Would that then have allowed me to work at BOTB? Probably not. Mm. Do I now use all the skills that I ever learned in those three years of getting absolutely hammered at uni? No, not really. <laughs> I use a very, very small percentage of it. But I think people forget that university is much about understanding life and living on your own and interacting with other people and starting a, uh, hopefully, a, a career and, and a learning process of something you really want to do as it is about the actual passing exams and doing coursework and stuff like that. Mm. Did, did you go to uni, Tim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that, that was from my the engineering side of things. So, I mean, I did a, a degree in mechanical engineering. I mean, it was, it was, that was a very, it's a very, very hard degree. It's a lot of hours each week. It's like a 40 hour a week course uh, and it's very difficult. And, but for me, I didn't like, I didn't do particularly well at school. I didn't do particularly well at my A-levels. For me, that kind of, that side of things never ever gelled. The way, I was more the practical way, about about exactly. life than, than a piece of paper for me uh, doing exams in, in the, the, the way schools tend to work and i'm talking that was bear in mind i am a few years 40 ago. 41 <laughs> so you know this is this is 25 years ago that i was doing a levels back then it was i don't know if it's changed now but back then it was very much um you learn you learn you learn you learn you learn and then you have to remember all of it and do an exam on it at the end yeah which for me is the most baffling way of learning in my life and I didn't do particularly well at it. I, I can't focus on le- revising for exams. Hated it. But I got to university, and all of a sudden, it was absolutely amazing to me. You know, uh, I managed to get in, get into a course, started on a foundation, and that should have taken me a year longer. In, in, in essence, I, I gelled with it so well, the way they do things at university, yeah. more practical, more coursework-based and the way they taught, and it was brilliant. And, I, and I, I absolutely loved it. And I ended up going straight to the second year and blah, 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 blah. And it was brilliant. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I, I loved university. I don't mm. think it's a must by any means. I don't think you must go to university to be able to uh, get to where you need to in your, in your life. A lot of people I already know and have met that aren't even quite at the age yet of going to university. They already know exactly what it is they want to do and they've already started making connections in that industry. Mm-hmm. Now, I really do feel that if you can push forward, you don't need to go to university. There's no requirement to no. say you must. I think it depends on the industry in a way. I learned so much in my university degree that I used during my design job. It's 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 physical more, physical think, actual learning of yeah. how to design how to make design things in three D bending forces you know it's that stuff that genuinely did a, a, you know get stuck in my brain and I le- and I use it whenever yeah. I'm doing that work. I think I learned more about life than I did about the actual subject that I was doing. Yeah, um, I mean, I nearly failed my degree mainly because I was always to be found in the. Pure FM studio. That was where, <laughs> if anyone was like, where the hell is Christian? Oh, he's in the blimmin' radio studio again. God. I was just honing my skill. Or the bar. Or the bar, yeah. Well, weirdly enough, actually, the radio <laughs> studio was situated next to the bar. Oh, dear. Which was amazing. <laughs> I even I even found out that I could make it to the bar, get a, oh, it was like a, uh, it was like a, probably an Alka pop or whatever, um, and make it back within the space of one song. Nice. Yeah, Wednesday night. That was a big night at uni, big <laughs> night. And I used to do a, just a one-hour radio show, 7 to 8 p.m., and then I used to go out with all my friends. 
and it was awesome. I, I loved it. I loved university life. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily love the learning bit, but I loved learning about life. So I did really enjoy university. But as we just said, it's not, it's not yeah. necessary. Where was that? Need, uh, down in Portsmouth. Portsmouth, huh? Portsmouth, yeah. I grew up on the Isle of Wight and I literally made it across the water. I went, no, no, that's it, I'm good here. <laughs> that's as far. It's funny, cause I grew up near Manchester um, and I went to uni in Sheffield. So it's literally just across the other side of the Pennines. It's, it's far enough, but not too, too far. Yeah, well, I wish I'd gone further. I mean, there was good and bad points. Obviously, the good point was I could just pop on a ferry and see my girlfriend at the time and get my mum to do my washing. Mm-hmm. The bad point was that I really, I don't feel and I wish maybe that I'd gone a bit further so I could actually just really get involved in the university life. Because my first year at uni, if I look back now, kind of, I can, it's just a bit rubbish. Like I didn't really get involved with all the things mm. I wanted to. It was only halfway through my second year that I really started to kind of understand university and understand the social side of it. And not just about going out and getting drunk, but all these different clubs that university let you do. And for the likes of, you know, um, I'll take Greg James, for instance, you know, breakfast presenter on Radio One. Like, he went through university, he loved student radio, and now he's, you know, on Radio One. He's, yep. he's, and he's really enjoying what he's doing. And when you meet, like, I've met him in the past, and he's very passionate about what he does. And it just goes to show that if it wasn't for university, would he be where he is? Maybe not. Because he understood and he, he really learned his craft at uni and he loved student radio. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you what he studied. I can't remember what he did. I mean, he's done a lot of talks on it, but um, it was maybe like an English literature degree or something, but nothing really now that he probably really uses. Yeah, it, it's, it's down to, I think it depends. It, it t- totally depends on what your chosen subject yeah. or what you, you know what you want to do. If you, I think if you don't know what you want to do, it's probably, it doesn't sound awful, but it probably might be a good idea to go to university, yeah, to go well, a, a course, because yeah. you, for a start, you can always change. Yeah. yeah people people, people don't realise, yeah. you, you, you think you're stuck on a three-year course and you're stuck onto it. You're not. You know, you can change. You can always change things up at university into a completely different de- degree if you also, need to. Also, you might, you might just stumble across something that you never knew you'd love, like me with radio. I exactly. went in thinking that I was going to be behind a camera all my life. Now I'm in front of the camera most of the time. But to go into university and, and study that and actually halfway through uni and go, hold on, this is good, but I really enjoy this radio stuff that I'm kind of doing as a social side, um, was amazing. And I, I'm glad for university. I, could I have done it without it? Probably not, but uh, it definitely helped. Definitely mm. helped. I hope that answers your question, Patrick. Well, there you there go. There we go. So, um, well, um, I was going to say one question to you is, going back onto our BOTB life as yeah. such, is there one moment that stands out for you as you, to, to, that really piques your interest when it comes to your BOTB life um, thus far? Well, the one moment that always stands out for me is getting that phone call from Ben when I was walking through the airport, weirdly enough, past the BOTB car. It was like it was like it was all meant to be, but it all yeah. kind of weirdly worked out at exactly that moment in time. I was stood next to the BOTB car, and I get a phone call saying, "Would you like to come and surprise one of our winners to potentially then have you surprising them every week?" Mm-hmm. For me, like I was just about to go on holiday, it was an unreal sensation because this is something that I really wanted to do, and there, you know, there I was stood next to the car, and I got that phone call. So mm. that's the bit that really stands out for me. But in terms of just working at BATB, it's seeing people's faces on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, uh, it is priceless. Well, I say priceless; it's probably worth about a hundred thousand pounds supercar and twenty thousand pounds of cash, as yeah. it was the week just gone. <laughs> but um, yeah, just seeing people's faces. Like a lot of my friends ask me if I get jealous, and I honestly don't. No. I honestly do not. Like the cars they win are insane. Yeah, and I'd love to win one of those, but. 
to see the look on their faces, to yeah, see the be able joy. To, yeah, and to be able to change people's lives, I guess. You know, we're, we're handing over huge, huge items of value and yeah. they, it changes people's lives. Like sometimes you'll turn up to somebody's house and you think, wow, like we went to Croatia and the guy lived with his dad and stuff. Like he'll be able to afford to go out and buy his own place, buy his own car, you know, yeah. wh- whatever it is with the, I think he took the cash alternative to whatever he won. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, yeah, he's, he's going to be quids in. Seriously yeah. quids yeah, in. You, you could be talking, that you're handing over to them 100,000 euros yeah. to a guy who lives with his dad. I mean, that's, that's mega. Yeah. You know, that, that, like you say, that Big is life changing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I love about BOTB is they do they do change lives, yeah. and they get you know people to be able to drive cars that they've never been able to drive before. So hmm. all the people that have one and taken the car, they're now driving around in something that they might have only ever dreamed of, which yeah. I think is just such a lovely thing to be able to do. And if you are listening to this, if you've never played BOTB, just jump online and have a look. BOTB.com. You know, you you could be next big next week's big winner. You yeah. never know. You never exactly. know. Exactly, uh, Tim. I know we've spoken quite a lot about um, careers and stuff. I did want to touch on just maybe a couple of car bits of news Ooh, just yes, before cars. we wrap things up. We've Lovely. got we've got a few minutes. Um, I wanted to talk about the Jimny, oh, the Suzuki it. Jimny, the new one that is being crowned, I suppose, as the the baby G wagon. Yep. Yep. Which, I, mean, I mean, if you put one next to a G-Wagon, there's quite a big difference. Yeah. But it, it actually looks more like a Jeep, I think, actually. Yeah, actually, the, you're right. The old Jeep. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, a lot of there's been a lot of press about it, and I cannot wait to get behind the wheel. I don't really know why it appeals so much. It, for me, it's because it's small. It's, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's small, it's funky looking, it's, I mean, it's light. And the, the Jimny has always been a very, it's like a mountain goat. You know, they're light and they can really, they can get over anything. A lot of times they're actually better than so the big 4 by 4s Neither of us have driven one. Um, we've Next. seen a lot of pictures and we know some people that have gone out on the press drives and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suzuki, hi. Please let us have a Jimny for I, a weekend. I, I, I sent them an email about oh, two days you? ago. Yeah. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, and the car looks cool. Don't get me wrong. The inside does look a bit cheap. It does look cheap, but it's a cheap car. I mean, yeah. with the, you know, the BOTB have got one in, comp- in the competition uh, occasionally and the, in the uh, special promotion do. And I think it's 18 grand, the one they've got, but they start, I think it's 14 grand. You can actually, buy, so you can buy the base spec. The, yeah, the base spec is about 14 grand. grand. And it's the same engine and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's just spec-wise on the inside. So, yeah, they, they are a cheap car, so it's going to look feel cheap inside. Mm. But it's just so funky. Would you buy one? Um, I, I, I wouldn't because it doesn't fit in with what I need. Right. With lifestyle kids, who would and buy it? I think if if you were looking to buy something like a Fiesta, you know, <laughs> right? I'm interested you know, to see where this is going. If you look, if you want to buy a hatchback, just a Fiesta or a Corsa or something, this isn't wildly different in price, but it's far cooler to me. It's more individual. It's it's just it it's cool. It's very very of the moment. That, you know, you've got these bright yellows and weird green yeah. colours and stuff. So. Yeah, that's and the kind you, of thing. Do you think they're going to sell well for Suzuki? Uh, I think I believe they've had enormous amount of interest in the UK for it uh, and across Europe. Bit of a bit of a boo boo came in. It didn't do particularly well on the um, crash testing. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, it's so a four generally, by four not doing well on crash testing. That's not great. Yeah. I mean, basically now cars. You, it's weird if a car doesn't get four out of five mm. or five stars. 
which I think they need to change the system because if everything's getting five out of five, it doesn't really make any sense. Um, but it only got three out of five stars, right. which is pretty bad in terms of that. But it's nothing to do with how it is in a crash. It's all to do with the fact that it doesn't come with... Because the, the, those crash test scores now include things like, has it got collision avoidance? Has it got uh, lane right. assist? Has okay. it got all the nannying all the stuff cons. that you don't really need? <laughs> so, yeah, it's still a safe car. If you have a crash, you're not going to die. But I love it. I'm not sure. Is that a, is that a legal? Uh, I mean, it depends on how it goes. <laughs> um, okay, yes. so yeah, J- Jimny, cool car. Um, I probably wouldn't own one, although my mum had one of the really old ones. And mm-hmm. that was quite fun, tearing around the farm on that. It was good. Yeah. And there was a few occasions where I thought it was going to topple over. My little sister said she would love to have one. Really? Yeah, she's 25 Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. I, I think it, it passes the... Uh, ITH tick of approval. It does. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, and quickly, just before we wrap things up, um, A35 AMG obviously got Ooh, announced yes. um, a couple of weeks ago now. It looks wicked in its launch color, which is that kind of like yellow. You probably know the, the color code um, for it. No, no, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big, lovely, vibrant yellow. Yeah. It does look like solar beam yellow, but it's not solar beam yellow. No, I think okay. that's a seven grand option. Now, I, I wanted to ask you because you're kind of the man in the know when it comes to stats and figures. Mm-hmm. We're obviously waiting, a lot of people are, for the A45. Now, why have Mercedes brought out an A35? Ah, yeah. This, a lot of people have been very confused and thought that this is the replacement for the A45, and it's not. It's, so there is an A45 coming? There is an A45. Yeah. I think it's an A45, or it might even be an A50. I'm not really sure oh, how, wow. what they're going to call it, um, just to try and differentiate it more. They might go with 45 again because it's a continuation. Yeah. Um, but the old A45 was 370-odd or 380 horsepower, so the new one, the new A35 is coming at 300 horsepower. That is now a direct rival. So it's 300 horsepower, it's all-wheel drive, and it's got a seven-speed dual clutch box. That sounds quite familiar. It's exactly bang on the money, and well, stat-wise and cost-wise for the Golf R. Mm. Right. The Golf R is by far the best-selling, you know, everyone loves it. It's hot got hatch. you know, hot hatch. Yeah. Sort of. It's a wicked car. It is. It's, it's a flipping brilliant car to drive. And so that's that's now got a direct rival in the A35. Uh, and then you've got the Civic Type R as well. You know, they're, they're the same sort of power, same sort of money. Then you have then you go up a notch, yeah. which is your RS3 and what was the Focus RS. You know, they're in the now approaching 400 horsepower range. So that's where the A45 slash A50 is going to come in. And it gives them an opportunity to give it another shot of adrenaline mm. in the arm and... It's going to be over 400 horsepower. Cool. Because the RS3 is 400 horsepower. So they're not going to come out with less than that. Yeah. It's going to be, I don't know where it's going to be. 410, um, 420. Price range? What's the A35 coming in at? Can you remember? Uh, is pretty much about 35 grand. Okay. So A45, another 10 on top of that? Five on top yeah, of that? Yeah, the old one was 42, 43. So okay. it's probably going to be 46, 47. Right. I mean, it's that is an absurd amount of money for a hatchback. Coming from my point of view of cars as they used to be. I mean, spending 45 grand on a little hatchback is mental. But this thing is going to, and the new RS3, you know, they can outperform most supercars. And they're usable, they're practical, you can use them all day, any weather, and they are amazing. I think it's very clever by Mercedes to, they're expanding their AMG portfolio now. You've got your your 35 and your 45. It it also, it probably allows them to make the A45... A bit more aggressive as well. I mean, because the A35 looks 
just like the the old A45 did. Yeah. It's got the aero yeah. pack. They're not toning it down. It's got the aero kits available. It's got nice wheels. It's very aggressive looking. So the 45 is probably going to be even more mental. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love AMGs and I think that's a perfect um, example to, to end this, this week's podcast on. Um, hmm. uh, Mercedes has always been a, a brand that has been very close to my heart. My dad grew up with Mercedes um, and I love all of their AMG cars. I think they're fantastic to drive. They, mm. I mean, there's a whole podcast in chatting about power and cars <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Um, yes. Hopefully from what we've said, rambling on about, you know, how we got our jobs has been um, a little bit insightful for you. Um, mainly because we get asked, you know, this question quite a lot of how did you get your dream job and et cetera. So, so I really, really hope that has helped out. Um, if you are playing the BOTB competition this week, good luck to you. You never know. I might be the one surprising you on a Tuesday morning with your dream car. Maybe it was the A35 that we've just been talking about. Yeah, BOTB just have, been added in. Yeah, just been added into their um, uh, dream car competition. Maybe you're playing the lifestyle competition this week, playing for a motorbike, a watch, even just 10 grand in cold, hard cash if you want it. Mm -hmm. BOTB.com, go and have a little look on there. Um, every single week they give away a lifestyle prize and a dream car prize. Tim and I will be back with the End the Headlights podcast very soon. Thanks again for listening. Thank you very much.